You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. Good morning and hello to everybody. It's great to see your faces. I miss being with you. Uh, For those of you I haven't gotten a chance to meet, my name's Sean. I'm one of the elders here at Grace, and I'm also uh, on our preaching team. And so uh, we get to be together this morning and study God's Word, and I am excited about that. Uh, We have a series that we started last week on serving. And and if uh, you haven't gotten a chance to go back and listen to Jay's sermon yet, it is online, like he said. He delivered it uh, via video, fireside in his office. Matt thought it would have been awesome if he had a smoking jacket and a dog or something next to him. Um, He didn't. Maybe next time. It would be cool if he did. Um, But we started this Serving On series, and and last week Jay talked about serving in the church. In the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about serving in the home, serving with your gifts, serving in leadership. But today we're going to be talking about uh, serving in the workplace, serving wherever it is you work. And by way of application, if you're a student here, if you don't have a job but you are a student, a lot of these same things apply to you as well. And we wanted to look at serving kind of from a holistic standpoint. We wanted to look at kind of all these different aspects and dimensions of serving in different areas of our life because the reality is um, most of us uh, probably serve well in some areas of our life. Um, I don't know if it was just cabin fever or uh, I don't know what was going on, but my wife and I talked here uh, this week about how the last couple of weeks at the house, we've kind of just been bickering a lot lately. Married people, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? right? We've just been bickering a lot, and I don't know if it's just because she's so annoying, or I'm so annoying, or probably a combination of both, Um, but as I prepared for this sermon, God did this work in my heart where he basically told me, Sean, you are serving me well in a lot of areas. Man, you got some work to do. You could serve your wife better at home. You could serve your kids better at home. And so we are coming to you as your elders, as your pastors, as as your preaching team. We are calling you to to step up to what God's word says. We're calling you to step up in the way that you serve in all areas of your life. Um, But we're not just coming to you as um, elders, pastors, as preaching team. We're also coming to you just as brothers in Christ. Because, man, we got work to do on this too. We got work in our own hearts, in our own lives, in places where we need to be stepping up and serving better as well. So know that it is um, from both of those perspectives that that we come to you. So I want to talk about why work specifically. Why are we looking at serving um, well at work? And and there's basically one main reason for that, and and, and that is this, that most of us work um, because it earns us a paycheck, right? And for some, that paycheck, maybe it's not a very big paycheck. We don't earn that much money. And so every penny counts. And so for you, maybe work is purely survival mode. Because you know if I don't, man, the lights aren't going to stay on, the rent's not going to get paid, and I'm not going to eat this week. My family's not going to eat. And there is something good and noble about that being a motivation for what you do at your job. For some of us, it's more of kind of the the, the then beyond that next step. Maybe for us, it's I do have a good job. I do get paid well, and I can't wait till I get to buy that boat or take that next sweet vacation. And I want to say clearly, if God's blessed you with those things, that's fantastic. I'm not saying that those things are bad. Enjoy those. Those are gifts from God. But if our whole understanding of work is purely for earning a paycheck, then we're missing something about work. We're missing something about what God um, has called us to do because the reality is whatever we do in our life should be done to glorify God. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Colossians. He says this, 
chapter three, verse 17, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do should be done in the name of Christ. And that includes um, what we do at work and how we do our jobs. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna be in the book of 1 Peter chapter two. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app and you wanna open it up and get it there ready, um, do that now. We also have some Bibles on the back table back here on our resource table. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love for you to take one of those. That's our, our gift to you. But I'll also be putting the words up on the screen. But before we jump into the, to the text, I just wanna kinda of set the stage for where we're going. First, we're gonna talk about a couple of uh, foundations for serving. And then we're going to talk about, practically speaking, what is the outpouring of that. So with that said, let's dive into our text here. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9. Word says this. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show prop proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, for not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. There's a lot, a lot here, a lot to talk about. And so, like I said, we're gonna talk about a couple of foundations for serving. The first one we find here in uh, verse nine, he says this, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're God's special possession if you're in Christ. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Basically what Peter's saying here is recognize who and what you are in Christ. We need to be mindful as we go about our lives of who and what we are in Christ. Do you guys ever stop and sometimes just think about what it is that God saved you from? It says we were called out of darkness. That means we were called out of a life um, ruled and reigned by sin. We were called out of death. And it says we were called into light. Do you ever think about, you ever think about what God's called you and saved you to? I mean, that gets me excited thinking about what it is that God has done in our hearts and lives and what he's calling us to, what he's drawing us to. He's drawing us to himself. 
And, and, and for us to be able to serve anywhere, um, but especially in our workplace, it's got to flow from that relationship with Jesus. It has to be the foundation of, of, of where we choose to serve. So recognizing and knowing who you are and what you are in Christ it should motivate you to serve Jesus because he gave and served everything for you. The second foundation for serving we find here in verse 11, he says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Fight sin in your own life is what Peter's saying here. We need to be about fighting sin in our own lives. And this is something that's kind of a dust statement. When you come to church, you expect somebody to say something like, stop sinning, right? I mean, that's, that's normal church talk. And it sounds really simple and it sounds really easy. Um, my concern is in this that sometimes I think we give ourselves a pass. I think that, that sometimes we as Christians can, can fall into the category of thinking that, that, that I'm not doing any big sin. I'm not murdering. I didn't, you know, I didn't go rob a bank today. I mean, I'm basically a decent enough guy. And so we give ourselves a pass on, on little areas in our life. And if we're not careful, those areas of sin that we allow into our life can kind of begin to erode the edges of our faith. It might look something like this. Um, you know, it's not really gossip if it's true, right? I mean, I know I clicked on this website, but it's not really looking at real porn. I mean, it's just a swimsuit model. Maybe I'll just tell a little white lie, because after all, who's, who's really gonna know? When we treat sin like that, we're playing with something that is so, so dangerous. Um, Peter, later in this same book, is going to talk about sin in, in chapter five, and he talks about the devil and how he is um, like a lion prowling around looking for someone to devour. That's dangerous. It's dangerous. I promise you, if we had a, a lion that we had starved for two weeks and then turned him loose in this room, some of you are easy to catch, you know? We would all be looking for an exit, I suspect. Yeah, we would all be wanting to, to find the nearest door so that we could get out and get away from this physical danger to our bodies. But with sin, we're not like that. Sometimes we see a prowling lion baiting the hook and tempting us, and instead of running from it, we go over to it like it's a little house cat, and we want to pet it and talk to it and feed it and try to keep it around a little bit. We need to be about fighting sin in our lives. If our relationship with Jesus isn't in check, if we're not working out of a pure heart, then our ability to serve in any area of our life, but especially at work, is gonna be hindered. And so those foundations have to be there. They have to be in check. Next, Peter's gonna talk about, and we're gonna get real practical now, about what does it mean to serve at work? How can we serve um, at work? The first thing we see is this in, in verse 12. He says this, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. The, the first thing is this, just to be an example to those around you. Um, be an example to those around you. What that means practically speaking in the nitty gritty every day of your life, that means you need to be a good employee. That means you need to show up on time and work hard while you're there. It means you need to be doing your job well and continuing to strive to do your job even better. It means not being lazy. I genuinely believe that, that Christians should be the best at everything. We should be the best carpenters, we should be the best teachers, we should be the best common laborers, we should be the best retail salespeople. We should be the best at everything. And why? Because we have the spirit of God living and working in our hearts and lives. That should do something. 
It should drive us to something. It should make us excellent. We need to be a good example to those around us at our workplace. Um, The next thing is this, and this is probably my favorite. He says this, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. What Peter basically is saying here is you need to be priests in your workplace. Man, I love this one. I love this one. We are called in Christ to be priests to the world around us. Now I wanna talk for a second about what I'm not saying. What this isn't saying is that we're all called to be paid professional pastors. That is not what I'm saying here. I'm also not saying that, that, if you, that, that, that if we could just all become paid professional pastors or an evangelist or a missionary of some kind, that you have achieved the highest level of serving God. Not at all. Um, what I am saying, I think, is best summed up in the way that this gentleman, Don Flo, says this. He says, a priest bears the burdens of people by absorbing those burdens and bringing them before God and bringing God's blessing to the people. Don Flo is the president and CEO of a giant, giant automotive um, company in the southeast of the United States. Um, Very high-powered guy. And he says, our job as priests in our workplace is to bear the burdens of people, absorbing those, bringing God's blessing to to the people. So practically speaking, what does this mean for us in our day-to-day lives as we're at work or at school? It means that you need to genuinely know the people around you. I mean, really get to know the people around you that you work with especially. If you're an employer, you should know your employees. If you're an employee, you should know your coworkers and your employer. It means you need to sit with them and talk with them and find out their passions and their fears and what motivates them. So much deeper than the knowing, um, the shallow level of knowing that's, that's so prevalent in our culture, I think mostly because of the internet. People, people like me on Facebook or I have a Facebook friend and so, oh, we have friends and I know them because I know the, their names of their kids or something. It's so shallow. It's so shallow. It needs to be deeper than that. It needs um, to be more than that because the reality is, is, is that authenticity while we are living and working and loving and serving out of your faith, it's one way that you can bring God's blessing to the people. It's one way that you can bring a little bit of the kingdom of heaven into your workplace and in doing so, something completely amazing happens. Because when, when, when you are with people like that, when you're genuine, when you're authentic, man, you get to help carry some of their burdens with them. So when they come to you and they say, you know what, man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. My, my kid's sick and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. And you can sit and listen to them. When somebody comes to you and says, sure, you know, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, wh- what's going on? Man, my, my mom and I just cannot get along. She is so frustrating to me and I, I need to love her and honor her well and I'm struggling how to do that. You can encourage them in that. You can point them toward Jesus. You can sit and listen to them. You can help bear their burdens with them. It's a great, incredible blessing that we have as Jesus followers. Not only can you listen to them and, and be with them, but you can pray for them. Man, pray for the people in your workplace. Pray for your workplace itself. Pray for that business you work for. Pray that the spirit of the living God would would do something crazy in that place. Because remember, that spirit of the living God is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and that same spirit indwells us as followers of Christ. Pray that he would do something in and around and through and maybe even in spite of you. For some of us, It's easy to be this way. 
My wife Amy is one of the most compassionate people I know. She is naturally gifted this way. She's an incredible woman, and I'm, I'm so thankful that she's my wife. And, and this week, I was talking to her about um, her work. She works as an um, elementary school librarian, kindergarten through fifth grade at her school. And I said, babe, has it been nice having a little bit of a break? You know, being off for some extra snow days is nice, although the not getting paid isn't nice, but that's fine. Um, has it been nice having a little bit of a break? She said, yeah, it really has been nice. She said, but I'm Honestly, Sean, I'm, I'm worried about my students at school. She said, you know, Sean, some of these kids, and the only place that they get some kind of positive interaction with an adult is at school. The only place that some of these kids can count on knowing that they're gonna get a meal is at school. And sometimes through the course of, of the school year, she'll come home and she'll tell me these stories and, and, and I sit and listen to these stories of these kids, man, they, they're not good. They're not good. And my wife, she prays for these kids. She asked me to pray for them. We pray for these kids. My wife is a priest in her workplace. You and I are called to be the same way. I get the fact that this isn't always easy for all of us, right? I understand that because it's not easy for me. Um, if you had, had known Sean 10, 15 years ago in my 20s, yes, I'm that old, I'm 40, okay? If you had known me 15 years ago, man, honestly, I was so prideful and so self-focused, I don't think it would have even occurred to me to live like this. It just wouldn't have. But by God's grace, I'm learning. I'm learning what it means to be a, a chosen people in a royal priesthood. I'm learning what it means that, that God wants to do something with my life. And so by God's grace, I'm learning to serve better at work and not just serve um, my colleagues, my coworkers, but also serve the people that I serve at work. For those of you that don't know, I'm a nurse. I take care of sick preemie babies for a living. I get a great opportunity to serve the families that I care for. I take great, as best a care as I can as their babies from a medical standpoint, but I also pray for these babies. I pray for their families. I get to talk and, and be with them, and by God's grace, he is growing Sean to know how to be a better priest in his workplace, and he will do the same in your heart and life. I promise you that, because there's, there's something about Jesus and something about when we get to know him and when we, we, we choose to follow him, he puts his spirit inside of our hearts and lives in such a way that he gives us a new heart, new passions, new desires, and the areas of life that he wants us to grow in, he teaches us how to do that. It's a great God we serve. It's a great, great God we serve. We are called to serve at work by being priests to those around us. The next one is this. We see this in verse 13 and 17. We'll look at verse 18 as well. He says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Verse 17, show proper respect to everyone. Honor the emperor. Verse 18, slaves, submit yourselves to your masters. Essentially what Peter's saying is we need to submit um, to the authority of our employers. This can be hard. This can be really hard. As a side note, I feel like we need to talk about a little bit um, what happened this week on Friday. Our president got inaugurated, right? Our new president. And there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of things going on surrounding President Trump. Some of you are thrilled that President Trump is in office and some of you are terrified. But what Peter's saying here 
regardless of how you feel about Trump, whether you like him or not, what Peter's saying is, is are you gonna obey God? Because he says this, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. He says, honor the emperor. It doesn't mean you have to like the president of the United States, but it does mean that we're called to submit to that authority, it's called to pray for, all right? It's a side note, that's not the main thing of where we're going. But he does say, slaves, submit to your masters. Not only do we have to submit to the authority um, of our governors and, and government, we also need to submit to uh, the, the authority of our bosses, of our employers. I wanna talk for a minute about what Peter's talking about when he says, slaves, submit to your masters, because it seems straightforward, um, and, and it kind of is. I just wanna talk about slavery for a minute. In Peter's day, slavery was a super prevalent thing. Um, lots and lots of people had slaves and there were a lot of slaves around. But the slavery, the kind of slavery that went on in our country a couple hundred years ago was nowhere near the same kind of thing that Peter's talking about here. This word slave could also be translated servant. It is in some of your, your versions of your Bible. And, and, and the kind of slavery that Peter's talking about then was more, much more like a long-term work contract. Um, there, were, there were slaves that, that, that served this families. And, and they were loved and cared for and, and they were part of the family. They had respect and honor and dignity. Now, I, I do wanna be careful to say there were harsh slaves. There definitely were harsh slaves. He talks in here about, about slaves being beaten by their masters. So there were definitely that. And so our closest relationships that we have to that is employer-employee relationship. And so that's what we're talking about here. Peter um, says that we're called to submit to um, the authority of our bosses. So let me ask you a question. I think I know the answer. Has any of you ever had a bad boss? Yep. Yeah, right? Most of us, if we've been employed for any length of time, have had a boss that, that maybe just was harsh. Um, I had a boss like that some years back. Um, over the course of a couple of shifts, I, I, I made some decisions about some equipment um, that I was using to take care of our baby. And uh, I took care of this, not, not my baby, the baby I was assigned to care for at the hospital. Um, I, I made some decisions about, about some equipment and um, this boss who I had at the time, she didn't like that decision. And uh, so we worked really hard for a couple of shifts and, and the baby um, ended up passing away and, and I went home exhausted, I slept, I woke up and opened up my email from work and what do I have? An email from this boss. And she's not pleased about what I did with some equipment. And so she's, she's, her tone is super harsh, and she's, she's telling me all the things I did wrong and why they're wrong, and, and, and demanding that I justify my actions to her. And so I'm concerned, I'm like, man, am I gonna get disciplined for this? Am I gonna get fired for this? And I genuinely believe to this day, till the day I die, the decisions I made in that moment were the right decisions. My colleagues agreed with me, but my boss didn't. And so I am, uh, at this point, tired, and I'm furious. To say that I was furious is a gross understatement, man. I was so, I was apoplectic. <laughs> Great word, go look it up, it's an awesome word. I was furious. <laughs> and so what I wanted to do was in front of my computer, caps lock, and start hammering away in all caps <laughs> with a lot of exclamation points, because that's what you do when you're angry. But something came over me and, and I, I really felt like the Spirit of God was like, Sean, she's your boss, you need to submit to her. And I did not like it one bit, I didn't. But God was right. And so I sent an email back explaining my actions in as humble and as honest a way as I could and I, I chose to left it at that. 
I never heard anything about it after that. It's not easy um, to submit to our bosses. And the reality is, as most of us with our harsh bosses, we won't deal with things like um, receiving beatings from our boss. This lady never physically attacked me, although I think I could have taken her if, if push came to shove. <laughs> you know? um, most of the harsh treatment we deal with would be like passed over for a raise or a promotion that you deserved. Maybe an unfair assessment of your job performance. Maybe shame, ridicule. Harsh bosses can be hard to deal with, and we need to be submissive to them. There's two reasons why that we see in the scripture here. The first one is this. How is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. That's the first reason I see here, that we need to suffer well um, underneath of harsh bosses sometimes submitting to their authority because it's commendable before God. It brings God glory, and the fact is, is God knows what's going on in your job situation. Over in uh, the book of Colossians, Paul's writing, he's talking specifically about authority and submission relationships, specifically about slaves here, and he says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. When we serve well at work by doing our jobs well, by being a good example, by being priests to those around us, and by submitting to harsh bosses, we're serving God. And God knows what's going on and God will reward us in that. The second reason we need to be willing to submit to harsh bosses, find in verse 21, he says this, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus suffered so much for you and I. Think about all that Jesus left in heaven to come to earth, to live a perfect sinless life, to suffer incredible suffering and to die on a cross. He did that for you and me. And so we may be called at times to suffer a little bit for Jesus' sake, to suffer a little bit for Jesus' sake. It's troublesome um, to me sometimes to think about where, where God's gonna call me to go, where he's gonna call me um, to suffer. There is a song, popular song, we've sang it here, Oceans. You know that song? Most people know that song. Um, and we've sang it here, it's a great song, but this, this writer and author and blogger, Annie Downs, she wrote a, a, a blog post about two, two or three years ago uh, called Stop Singing Oceans. And her point was, are you thinking about what you're saying when you're singing this song? Look at some of these lyrics. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. This challenges me. Man, this challenges me so much. I want to trust like that. I want to serve like that. But if I'm honest, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of suffering and I'm scared also of not suffering well for the kingdom of God. It challenges me. One of the questions I have for us this morning is are you willing to serve well for the sake of the gospel, even if it means suffering and submitting to a harsh boss? It's not easy, but thankfully Peter gives us a clue as to how to do that. It's how Jesus served well and it's, it's the key to, to how we can serve well. Verse 23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Trust your father in heaven. 
Trust your Father in heaven. That's how Jesus did it. It's how we can and should be serving well. Um, I don't know what kind of work situation you're in. I don't know if it's a good work situation, it's, if, it's a, if it's a tough situation, if you're the boss or you're the employee. But I do know that if you're a Jesus follower, you and I are called to serve, especially in our workplace, not just for our colleagues, but the people that you do serve, your customers, your clients. I also know that we have a Father in heaven who is not just God, not just almighty creator, ruler of the universe in the best way so, but he's also a good, good father. He's a good daddy. And he loves us so much. He cares about us um, so, so much. And this is a God and a father that you can trust. This is a God and a father that you can follow. And so if you are in a tough work situation, why are you in that tough situation at work? I don't know. Maybe it's that God has called you to suffer and serve well there for a time. And this morning, maybe you're getting a sense that from the spirit, it's okay if I move on from that. Follow where the Spirit leads. It's also possible that, that, that you're in a tough situation or maybe you're in a great work situation and you're working hard to serve as well as you can there. And God wants you to serve there in that situation, whatever that situation is, and he wants you to serve well. Why? Because he's going to bring other people to him because they are gonna see you and want something that you have. They're gonna see the spirit of the living God working and moving in your heart and life. And they're gonna notice there's something different about this guy, this woman. And they're gonna wanna be, um, they're gonna want a piece of that as you bring the kingdom of God to them. So as the worship team comes back, I just wanna leave us with, with three questions this morning. The first question is this, will you trust the Father in whatever situation you're in? Second question is this, is where you, will you follow where he leads? Are you willing to follow wherever he leads? And the third question is this, simply how well are you serving in whatever situation of employment you're in? Let's pray. Father, I love you. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for the cross of Christ. God, I thank you that, that we as your people, that God, you would trust us with this stuff. It's incredible to think, God, that you're, you would trust us with living by your spirit to serve those around us. And Father, I pray for everybody in here, myself included, that God, we will be honest about where we're at, that God, we will stand in front of the mirror and examine where we're at. And God, if there's areas where we need to repent, God, cause us to repent. If there's areas where we need to step up, cause us to step up. If there's areas where we can and should be serving better, God, would you, would you cause us to do those things? God, would you empower us to do those things? Father, would you give us the strength and the courage and the grace and the wisdom to know exactly how and where we need to be doing those things. Father, we thank you for your love to us. God, we, we thank you for your grace to us, and God, we thank you for the time now to worship you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. 
for more information about service times and ways to connect. Visit us online at gracecc.net.